Welcome back. Here's where you left off. Spoilers ahead for Project Hail Mary. Today, we were reviewing Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, a book that Leonard and I first started considering for this podcast. After we had read it, we actually switched over to the Convergence books simply because that was the next book in the series we were going to read. But really, this podcast was born of this book. Leonard, you and I both love this book a lot. Let me hear what your first thoughts are about it. My first thoughts of this book was um, was surprisingly entertaining. In the same time, I was uh, I was shocked how the book actually ended, because it's kind of funny though. Because when um when I was reading the last chapter of this book, I was sitting in my living room, and my wife literally saw me tearing up. That's how. That's how this book literally touched me regarding just just how humans can actually overcome certain things that that's that that's just it's just it can be very overwhelming. But at the same time, if you have your head straight and and use your judgment and use your and use whatever you have in hand to solve an issue and and the return that you get is just fantastic and. And this book did it for me because this book literally made me think that whatever's happening in the world is actually can get better. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but um, it's, it's, it's great. I, I would say I would say this is a human redemption story, and mainly for the main protagonist in the book, it's it's a redemption story. But in general, sci-fi books often have this evil alien that's invading Earth, and they have to defeat it. And there's not what I would call a positive message in the book. And I think that's what Andy does really well here. He gives a few twists and turns in the book. And it's something that when I was reading, I was happy with the book. And then he adds a couple twists into it. And then it gets better and better and better. And I agree with you. The ending of the book really touched both of us. We thought it ended on a very positive note. And I enjoyed the premise of the book as well. It wasn't some big fight. It wasn't outside of our level of technology. The synopsis of the book is essentially that, for whatever reason, the sun is dimming. And as the sun dims, life on Earth is in jeopardy. And they figure out that there's a microscopic alien that is basically taking the energy of the sun away and they have to figure out how to defeat this little tiny microscopic alien. Yes, and uh, overall, the, the how the how the book actually started uh, story wise is uh, it was typical situation. You're coming into the storyline, saying that uh, um, the the main character, uh, Righty Grace, woke up in the middle of space. And he has this amnesia, trying to figure out uh, this short-term amnesia, trying to figure out what's what's going on. What is he doing in space, right? As soon as he starts collecting data, trying to figure out, okay, I know what I'm doing. I just don't remember. I know my name is, but I don't remember what I'm doing here. So he started backtracking, trying to figure out uh, what happened a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a year before. He's trying to figure all that out. And he started getting pieces, uh, bits and pieces of memory coming in, and he started wondering, okay, I'm in space. I know that. I was working this project. I can't remember what project it is, right? And he started recollecting and started, started um, 
start answering uh, some questions like, okay, so I'm in space. I'm here to save Earth. And that's when he starts freaking out even more, right? And then he starts thinking about, okay, am I alone? Am, do, I know, do I have someone with me here? And this is when he starts finding out that his crew members died halfway to the sh- to the yeah. halfway to the to, uh, yeah. to the to the mission and he has a wtf moment and he starts freaking out even more and he has he has computers he has robots trying to like fix him or try to make him feel better in like health wise and if he asks for something something comes in and uh and and he started start he start putting everything together and that's when he realized that this is a one way mission there's no way he'll come back. Well, technically, he right. didn't. He didn't realize that right away. Not right away, but and, overall, but, uh, he'll start feeling I, that, right? I I did like the the amount of humor that Andy Weir puts into the book, and the reaction that he gets when he finds his fellow astronauts dead is, and they're dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just that whole matter of factness about it. But the science in here that he puts into his book, similar to The Martian, was not disruptive to the book. It, it, it showed his intelligence. It showed his ability to adapt to the situation. And in fact, the character of Grace, who is the main protagonist, which we haven't mentioned, is a school teacher. So the fact that he's a, he's a astronaut in space is sort of confusing to him and he has amnesia so he doesn't really remember what's happening and as we're going through the first couple chapters you're immediately engrossed in it because you want to know what is happening along with him as he's figuring it out and the martian had sort of that sort of feel as well but this has a different tone to it that it's a guy who doesn't know who he is and we're trying to figure out who he is along with him and that was the part of the book where i was invested i was curious why is he there it gave you more questions than answers which is always a good thing in a book yeah so let's talk about uh, astrophage astrophage is the main thing the main the 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 infection the the space uh the space virus that's killing Earth, killing uh, the sun, right? And he, Grace, um, the main character, found out that uh, that this astrophage that he named, by the way, he named it astrophage. He found out that this thing is 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 alive, and he can use this astrophage as a fuel for a ship that can potentially save Earth, and. And the name Project Hail Mary is actually the name of the ship Hail Mary, right? So now, like uh, like Derek said, that two, three chapters in the book already, he's traveling this ship called Hail Mary, going to Tal Sadi. Uh, it's a system. And um, he's going there to, because that's where they sort of think that's where it started, right? And when they, and he's flying over there. And when the... the the mission was as soon as you find out what it is, he has to send mini ships back called the Beatles back to Earth, so he so so people from Earth can use the finest they have to fix the sun, 
right? And it's kind of funny because we're from Canada, we're Canadians, so the beetle in the book was uh, was uh, invented by a uh, UBC student, uh, UBC professor. So that's pretty cool. Sorry, a little digress there, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, it, it's, it's very yeah. yeah, it's it's very very cool that uh, the 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 whole premise of the book is like a world, everyone in the world has to work together to make this work. Right. But well, in a way, they're not really working together because we don't have that many characters in this book. Yes, yes. We have a few ones. We have Grace. We have a couple other scientists. But the other main person in the book is displayed through fa- flashbacks mm-hmm. uh, named Strat. And yeah, she is this Strass, person yeah. that stress and put in position a power basically absolute power to demand anything from any president or government or anything in the world to fix this problem because they have so few years to solve the problem and her job is basically get it done no matter the cost or no matter what it takes we had this amazing debate regarding strouts eva strouts did she do the right thing was she Dictator, her dictatorship style of leading can, uh, is it like, we had this debate like several times. Did Strout did the right thing or did she just bully everyone to get the, get the, get the mission up and running? I actually had this, the same debate with my wife as well, um, regarding her character. In my opinion, her character was the administrator of the European uh, space agency. Her job is to make sure this works no matter what the cost is. And throughout the whole book, she goes to country to country to country, person to person to person, telling them, you do this. If someone questioned her authority, the first thing she says, like, I'm saving the world. Sit down and listen to me or give me what I want or else. Right. And that kind of authority can push. It, it questions. Uh, it questions. the. It, it gives the uh, illusion of like, is this ethical the ethical line is actually being pushed so much that that every time she makes a decision the person that gets involved or um, gets involved it becomes a um, uh, it's just a morality thing right again we had this discussion several times already that that did she do the right thing her style of leading is it borderline unethical right so I, I think that's I, I, a question to ask for you, actually. <laughs> well, we had this discussion, and I likened it back to World War II, where Eisenhower was supreme commander of the Allied invasion of Normandy. And it was clear that with so many countries involved and so many people involved, there had to be one person coordinating all of it in order to make sure that it got done properly. Because... All kinds of people want that kind of power that Strat would have. There'd be lots of people in the world that would demand that kind of power and covet that kind of power. And we saw that in real life in World War II when when Monty wanted that kind of power or Patton wanted that kind of power, they would have just loved it. But the person that needs to be involved has to have the moral obligation to say, this is the goal to have it done. And that's what Strat did. Whether she had the mentality of... At the end of this, it doesn't matter what happens to me. The only thing that matters is that Earth survives. And so she knew going into it that she would be prosecuted and hated and you know attacked by other countries after her job was done because of the things that she did to get it done. 
and that she made a lot of enemies doing it. But in the end, did she have the moral right to do it? And the choices she made were impossible choices. And one of the most important choices that she made during that time were practical choices. So she saw in Grace, as Grace was sort of an advisor to her during the whole Project Hail Mary, as an instrumental person that understood astrophage and was an expert in it. So he was teaching the astronauts what to do. And eventually, once we learn what happens to Grace and how he gets on the ship, it leaves us with that moment of, did she do the right thing? And I think that's the argument that everybody has. Is the question, is her power absolute and was she justified in doing it? And if you look at it from a moral perspective, it's hard to say yes to it. But in the end, it's for the greater good. And in the end, I think that even Grace would agree that what was done was needed, even though he didn't want to do it at the time. Yeah, so you actually touched up a good point there. The way that Grace, uh, Ryle Grace got into this mission was Strouds literally knocked him out, put him in a ship, and sent him out. The reason why she did that is because when they're during the pre-mission, they were trying to find people that can actually survive being in a coma. Apparently, there's a the part of your DNA can actually can stand being a long-term coma. That's the only way they can send someone to space is to put them in coma, right? To save food, to save um, oxygen, save whatever, right? And he has that trait in him that he can survive being in a coma. He refused to go because he's, first of all, he's not, he's a scientist. He wants to go back to his students to teach whatever's left over, uh, whatever, how many years he has left. Right. And when they found out that the two, two of the astronauts uh, had an affair and no, not having an affair, but they ended up blowing themselves up. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. They literally Firstly, blew themselves up. Why were they in the same place with Astrophage in the first place? I That's don't know. They're question. experimenting, but, whatever. <laughs> but I, I think that it, it brings us back to she always had him, and she said this when she had this moment of conversation with him about sending him away, is that it, she was he was always in her back pocket as an option. Yes. And now she gave him the choice, choose to go. But when he chose not to, she did what was her mission. And the question becomes, she she struggled with it. She's like, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to put you on the ship. Nobody will know. And you will have amnesia when you get there. And all that the, your, your, your fellow astronauts will know is that you didn't want to be awake during the launch. And when you get there, you won't have a memory. And by the time you figure it out, you have solved the problem because you are the expert in astrophage. And you cannot argue with her logic. It is no, he can't. morally ambiguous, but it is also logic that you can completely agree with. I agree. I agree. Like the way that she was written, the way that she hovers between ethic and non-unethical practice. I have zero issues how she did her job. Zero issue. Right? So, 
I like her, in other words. Well, I mean, if somebody said, hey, I'm going to put you on a spaceship without you wanting to go, and by the way, you'll never come home and you'll die out there, I, I can understand if people take issue with how Strat was written, and it's that argument of absolute power corrupts absolutely. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Strat was extremely moral and extremely ethical, except for the fact that, as I would say, she makes the hard decisions and she knows that even though she's sending grace off to die in a way she's dying as well because in the end once the ship launches she loses all of her power and she's open to the world to criticize her or put her in jail for overstepping her authority which you know they give a good example that she downloads every piece of literature and software in the world the whole internet tries to <laughs> the whole internet and people try to sue her for copyright infringement yeah. and she's like i i don't have time for this yeah you know? go go ahead go after me see what happens right <laughs> okay yeah so let's talk about another character here that's actually very pinnacle in this whole storyline this this character was literally the the backbone uh he becomes the um the he becomes the 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 person that actually helped Grace, uh, Raul Grace, um, become human again. In my opinion, his name is Rocky. Uh, he's an alien from forty Aaron, uh, uh, Iridian forty Iridian system, and how they met is actually pretty interesting. So Grace is literally floating with, inside Hail Mary, and he's starting collecting uh, information about himself, about the mission, all, all that good stuff. And he has this, uh, yes, his device can actually read um, almost like a thermal imaging system. Right. And uh, when he was trying to figure out where the, uh, where the, um, where the, the astrophage is, and he noticed that there's a ship following him or right beside him. So he's wondering what's going on. So without going too much detail regarding how he's trying to figure out how he approached the alien and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, this, this alien ship docked beside Hail Mary, right? Has his own uh, tunnel going into the airlock and Rocky came out like a spot, uh, like a, like a spider. All right. Well, he is a spider and they ending up learning how to communicate. And uh, this is when he found out that Rocky's crew passed away from all the flight, the throughout the flight, throughout the mission. He's the only sole survivor, similar to Grace. But the best thing about this whole uh, the whole relationship is they have to learn how to communicate to each other. That's when they start using lights and sound to communicate, and the way to communicate because it was it was it was most. It was such a well-written way of how to, how two species using whatever they have right now, using math to communicate. And well, I, I mean, math is the universal language yeah. and so forth. And I think realistically, we would communicate with another alien species through math first off. But I mean, putting aside the fact that it took him like three days to learn an entire other language and so forth, uh, I'll put that aside for the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, Rocky, the introduction of Rocky was that moment in the book where I was enjoying the book and then it took it a step up because Rocky introduced 
the second alien. And, and I always say this, Grace is the most um, uh, successful human in history. He's the first human that travels. He's the first human that discovers not one, but two alien species. Two, he's the first human to travel to another, to multiple other stars. Three, he's somebody who saves multiple planets. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, you know, um, eat it, Neil Armstrong kind of thing, you know, like seriously. He, and, and the funny thing is he just doesn't, uh, he's not in it for that. He doesn't have an ego for it. He's just doing what he needs to do. But when Rocky is uh, comes in, we learn things about Rocky that make me absolutely sad. First off, Rocky and his people are technologically advanced, but they don't have anywhere near the science that Earth does. Yes, yes. Even though they were able to build a spaceship and go into space, they don't understand some of the fundamentals in space. They don't understand about time dilation. They don't understand about, you know, relativity. They don't understand about uh, uh, many different things about how other stars are working. And in fact, there's a big question about how they perceive the universe, given that their planet has more gravity. And so in a way, they're very childish as a species, but at the same time, they are immensely smart in the sense that they grasp things very easily. Mm -hmm. And we, we take it down that Rocky is... An engineer that was his role in his ship but all of his crew dies because of radiation poisoning and but they don't know about that so they don't have any protection on their ship and that's why mm. they all died so he's been alone and when we learn that he's been alone there for 47 years, Four, six years yeah, yeah. Uh, you know I, I i i grace is like you've been here longer than i've been alive yeah yeah and it shows the tenacity of their species and how Rocky is just as committed to save his people as Grace is to save uh, the earth. And their relationship that they form is one of, I build it, you do the science essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. There's just a bunch of times in the book uh, that uh, Rocky keeps telling Grace that you're bad at math. You're bad at math, earth math, earth math. You're bad at math. Right. And because Rocky was a lot smarter to 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 comprehend math, like doing the calculation instead compared to Grace, Rocky had to convert everything in his end to Earth math so Grace can understand. Right, but you're right. Uh, Rocky does all the big heavy mental stuff, and and Adrian, uh, not Adrian, sorry, uh, Grace ending up doing all the all the physical work. Right, and it's kind of funny the little tidbit here. Rocky was named after Rocky Balboa from Rocky, and Rocky's wife, Grace, ended up calling her Adrian from Rocky's wife. So he ended up making um when he was help he was trying to figure out how to speak with Rocky. He's ending up using whatever he knows on Earth to represent what he's trying to say. So when you decide when if you read the book, there's a lot of like pop culture reference throughout the whole book because that's the only way he can he can he can have that conversation with him and having this translation because one word from Rocky's um language does not correspond to whatever we have so he has to make up words or make a word that reflects what it is right so it's like you're well, literally they, translating, they, translating something from one I mean he 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 communicates through or he understands the world through echolocation. Yes, yes. So 
sounds it, it, it's it, it, he doesn't have perception of sight yeah. and it's a concept that amazes him and yeah. a lot of the science that grace has and the, and his his knowledge of science Rocky finds that to be amazing. And sort of what Rocky brings to the table is this amazing material that they have developed that's extremely strong and is not something that Earth has. However, in the end, it becomes a liability, but Rocky literally moves into Grace's ship because (laughs) of the necessity of it. And this is where their true relationship and bond mm-hmm. comes from, where they're living together and Rocky takes over like 90% of the ship because, well, he just builds his own in- environment because his, on his world, they can't stay in the same environment. There's a, a greater pressure, like 29 gravity or 29, 29 gravities or something on the planet that he's at. So, I mean, Grace can't suffer that. He can't, he can't be exposed to that. He's also, Rocky is extremely heavy. He's basically made up of rock. Yes. Essentially. Yes. Uh, carbon rock. And the way that they interact is extremely difficult. They can't exist in each other's environment for mm-hmm. any length of time whatsoever. Yeah. And there's a moment in the book where there's, um, there's some danger and Rocky leaves his environment to save grace. And it's this sacrifice moment that Rocky does for grace where he knows that he's essentially sacrificing his entire species for grace, but he asks him to save his planet Mm -hmm. and Rocky does eventually survive and grace tries to help him, but they're both severely injured by this event. And, they both have to recover, but after that, their bond is extremely it's a lot strong. stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 portion of that book when uh, when Grace got injured, right, and Rocky saved him, but Rocky literally sacrificed himself, right. But the 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 comedy side of the book literally found Grace found out that uh, that Rocky has this. Um, charred thing around his lungs and all that stuff and uh, he thought that he was dying so he cleaned that chard or that that burned um, leftovers away from him and uh, that's when he realized that oh this chard thingy that's surrounding Rocky is actually like a scab so he's actually getting better so <laughs> there's a lot of like I, I wouldn't have called it I wouldn't have called it comedy but in the book yeah yeah in the book where they communicate uh one of their first communication methods is them with sound by going tap 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 on you know and and so it's a moment in the book where rocky wakes up and he you know grace hears tap 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 and you know when we're reading it we're like oh my god he's alive and you're so excited by this yes it's so amazing that <laughs> yeah, he's alive and you're just jumping up and down going because you didn't know and they left it kind of hanging there for like yeah. a half a chapter or a chapter or something you're like what's going on guys well to be honest with you when when that happened i was like oh my gosh don't tell me you're killing rocky if you kill rocky now i'm gonna be very very upset i was like i was i was i was frustrated and i had anxiety reading the book because I don't want Rocky to die. <laughs> so it, it was, it was just a, uh, it was a moment of like disbelief of one main character will die. Right. And we're not even halfway to the book yet. Right. Yeah. And Andy Weir has this wonderful ability of ratcheting it up again 
and again and mm-hmm. again when you really don't expect them to. So there's the the mystery of why Grace is on there. That's one level. There's Rocky. That's the next level. Strat's purpose is another level. But then we get into the point where they actually find the solution and they share with each other this solution. They're like, okay, you go back to your your home world. I'm going to go back to mine. They have tearful farewells. They leave each other. And then on the way home, after a few days, Grace realizes that there's a problem. And mm-hmm. their solution basically puts uh, his, his ship in jeopardy, but more so puts Rocky's ship in jeopardy because their containment vessel is made of the entire thing that Rocky's ship is made of. Yeah. So and then Grace is uh, left. And there's issues with that. Yeah. Yeah. So Grace, Grace is, this is where I think where Grace's choice comes from. He, he's, he can go home. He can go home right now or he can go and save his friend. And it's the point where in the book where it, for the protagonist, he's, his choice is, I'm going to choose to save my friend, even though I know I'm never going to get to go home. Even though he was given that opportunity, he's now making the choice that he didn't with Strat. He said, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go on the ship. But now he's making that choice. Turns the ship around, heads to find Rocky, finds Rocky. And Rocky is, like he always is, just a really positive guy (laughs) waiting around, like trying to figure it out. And he's astonished that he's there for him. And the reunion is tearful and so forth. Yeah. And Grace's opinion is, you know what? I'm just going to take you home. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Because Rocky's ship is no longer useful mm. and can't be used. But remember this as well, too. Before he turned that ship around, he did send those beetles, those little tiny um, mini ships, send them back to Earth with the solution to fix the sun. Yeah. And so right. he, he's saving Earth. He's relying on these little things, sure. But he's saving Earth. But now he has the ability to save Rocky and his planet as well. And that's the choice that he makes that is important because he knows that he's going to run out of food a few months after he arrives at Rocky's homeworld and it's going to be a terrible time for him. Yeah. And um, with that said, though, when he got when he brought Rocky home, um, 16, uh, then he decided to stay. Right, he decided to stay with Rocky because he was hailed as a hero, right? And he, like you said, he will never go home. It's a it's a one way trip. So instead of going back home, he decided to keep going, right? And and Ridian opened their arms and embraced Grace as one of their own, and. Um, in the last chapter of the book, the the story, literally the last chapter of the book, literally is saying that I am here now. I am here in Iridian with Rocky and Rocky's family. I am here to teach them stuff that they don't know. He ex- he accepted that he will never go back, right? And and that feeling of uh, acceptance that he will never see Earth. He has a new family. He has a new planet. But he did ask Rocky and the scientists in Iridian, is Earth fine? Is the Earth good? And they said, yes, everything is good. And uh, it was great. It's such a, it's such an ending that, uh, that to be honest with you, I was not expecting. I was not expecting this book to be so emotional. Right? So. 
I, I, I liked the fact that where he ended up is where he loved to be. And that was teaching Iridian children about science and so forth, which is the thing that he loved doing the most. And he ended up where he started. And that to him was more valuable than, uh, you know, than anything else. And I mean, I guess Andy Weir could technically write a second book about this. I hope uh, not, to be honest with you, Derek. I, I hope I, not. It was, it was not. pretty much a perfect book. I mean, I could understand why there would be a plot to do it because technically he hasn't died in the book. He he's, he's very old, but he hasn't died yet. It would take about 16 years or take about eight or nine years to get back to earth if he, if he did it, but he doesn't have enough food to go and survive that long. Or also he doesn't, he's probably being that he's so old now, wouldn't be able to survive the journey anyway in a coma. And the Iridians don't really know how to, how to put him, Send in him that, back. Right? Yeah. into yeah. a coma, send it back. So, I mean, uh, the ending of the book really was satisfying where he was content and he, yes, when they split apart and he was heading home, we thought that was the end of the book. And that's mm -hmm. where the brilliance mm -hmm. of Andy Weir's writing comes in. We thought, Oh, he's going to go home. The last chapter is going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. He's a hero. Strat gives him a hug, whatever, or, you know, or he punches Strat out or something for <laughs> on the trip or whatever. Cause it kind of, that was where my thoughts were when we were at that point of the book. Yeah, like, he's going to yeah. go home and he's going to, he's going to chew out Strat. But in the end, he forgives Strat for it because mm -hmm. he, he got the thing that he really wanted was fulfillment and that fulfillment of being with the Iridians and teaching them and, and, and having an entire classroom full of kids is the one place that he always loved to be. Yeah. And it was yeah. a wonder, wonderful way to end the book rather than having some, you know, rah-rah moment. It was, I'm content, I'm happy yeah, I'm I'm here alone, and and literally he's in the dark, with the exception of a couple of lights that the Iridians built from, because they live in the dark. Complete darkness, the planet yeah. It is completely yeah. dark. So I mean, <laughs> so the entire part about him living there is more about how the Iridians appreciate him saving their planet everything they've done he has his own living environment they basically make him anything he wants you know he just has to ask for it they made him a watch yeah I mean, you, so he knows and, what time know, it he, is yeah so he knows what time it is yeah um and then you know it, you know and rocky visits him and i mean rocky uh we learn it, it will live for hundreds of more years so when i say they could write another book he could easily write a book where rocky goes to earth or something to you know, make friends after that. And, and I could easily see him doing that. I don't want him to do it, but I could certainly see the plot lines where it could happen. I just loved that Grace ended where he wanted to end, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my last question for you, Derek, how do you read this book? Oh, it's it's my favorite book over the... Uh, we've 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 read many many books over the years you and i and over the last several years this is my favorite book by far and simply because the the writing was brilliant there you know really we only had sort of four characters in the entire book and if you can write a book with only four characters and keep the reader engaged that much just my hats off to andy weir my my overall experience with this book is the same thing. It was one of the best books I've ever read for the past few years. And going into this book originally is a, I've read the Martian. Let's keep reading what he has. Right. And 
he did not disappoint. I was engaged after the first chapter and the, and reading throughout the whole series, I couldn't stop reading and such an emotional roller coaster and how he portrayed those characters were so bang on and exactly what I expected. And, and, and the interaction between Rocky and Grace, in my opinion, is one of my favorite relationship in, in a fictional world because it's such an amazing relationship. It was such a, such a, a, it's very genuine. Like he wrote that relationship very genuine that, that you felt for both of them. And right now, all the books we've been reading so far, this is, this is the one that needs to, this is the one on top. And I've, I've read so far, but the stuff I've been reading so far hasn't, touched hasn't touched this book yet. I like, again, I go back to the argument of just the end, the way that the idea of the ending and the way that he wrapped it up was different than other sort of sci-fi books that have the end of humanity involved in it. And that's hard to do. And I really think that if we're suggesting this to people to read that they're, you know, I'm wondering if they're going to have a similar experience to what we've had and that emotional reaction that we had, because we've read a lot of really good books and you and I have discussed other sci-fi related books that we've had a sort of an emotional reaction to and, and that, but they are sort of more militaristic. This had nothing to do with military at all. And that's a hard thing for a writer to do. I like the fact that between The Martian and this one, he's had two hit books and they are going to make, I believe, a movie at a Project Hail Mary as well as they did The Martian. So we also will get this on the theater. And my my hope is, is that they will honor the book as they did in The Martian and make it similar because, you know, Rocky and Grace deserve that level of honesty and commitment in a movie as well. And I, I see no reason to as a lot of movies do change the ending or modify the ending of a book for uh, a movie purpose. I think the ending is perfect for a movie. I think it would be wonderful. It's a good message. I don't see any reason why they'd have to change anything. I'll be very critical of this. Yeah, you, you and I, you have... and I will be very, very, very critical about this because they did great in the Martian. They, it was very, very close. And right now they, uh, um, Metro Goldmeyer did, purchased the rights to, to to adapt this book to a movie. And if they, lack of a better word saying, they screw this one up, there's a lot of people be very, very mad. And I'm going to be one well, of them. Well, you and I have been upset by this before. When we read Ready Player One, you and I personally loved that book. And mm-hmm. when they turned it into a movie, they butchered it. And it made me so sad. I was I was I was disappointed about that, but uh, without without digressing or being very very critical about uh, that book and that movie adaptation, but uh, but it's the same people that they the same people that uh, adapted Martians the Martians to the movie. It's the same people will be working on on this book uh, on this ad- adaptation to the film. So and, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they. I I don't believe that Matt Damon is reprising or taking over the role of Grace. No, I right really now think it's. That- is Ryan Gosling is is planned to play Grace? I I think that I think that Matt Damon would do excellent uh, with that role, though. I have to say that I I personally would love to see him 
uh, portray Grace, I think he would do a superb job because he has done that science kind of piece before, and mm. it seems like he's very comfortable. And, and his comedic timing is excellent. Yes, he does. And yeah, Grace yeah. does have that comedic piece. And when we were reading it, you feel that in the writing, and we just need somebody to be able to express that on screen yeah. as well. The the one thing that I want to see is, is who's going to play uh, Strats and whose voice they're going to be using for Rocky. That's the yeah, two things uh, I'm that's very critical. curious about. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So I think that what we would suggest to our listeners is go out, read this if you haven't already. It's an excellent book. It's well worth your time, and we highly recommend it. Yeah. So if you leave us a comment uh, through our email. If, if the response are great, I do want to I do want to do, uh, do, do another episode just to go through your comments regarding this book, because it's going to be a great, uh, great conversation piece. Thank you for opening the book with us today. Subscribe so you won't miss our next episode. Join the conversation and let our team know what you think about today's episode. Email us at yourbookmarksinfo@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Join us again right here where you left off.